What up, y'all? I'm Candace Otis, and you are listening to Hungry and Humble Podcast, a podcast that explores the current lives and different journeys of women in the hospitality industry. Thanks for coming out. This week, after many requests, uh, is going to be about yours truly. Um, I'm actually really excited to share my journey so far with y'all and answer some questions that I've heard from my fellow listeners about myself. So uh, um, I've never actually given a TED Talk before. And uh, the reason I started a conversational-based podcast is because I like talking with other people. So <laughs> this is going to be interesting. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's get started. My name is Candace Sotis. I am from Los Angeles, California. I am currently living in San Francisco, California, and I am a chef. Growing up in LA um, was pretty great. I'm not going to lie. I actually lived in the suburbs um, of a a city called Downey, Downey, California, kind of like the laundry detergent, but with um, but still spelled differently. Um, and Downey is kind of like the unknown known, um, for like Southern Californians. They're like, oh yeah, I know where that is. Yeah. And you used to have like a cousin over there that like, you know, kind of did this thing and over there and kind of whatever. Um, (laughs) but like the Californians, um, or the, you know, the people that don't live in California, I should say, are just kind of like where, and I'm just like at LA. Um, (laughs) um, Downey was a pretty quiet city, relatively great schools. That's why we moved there. Um, and um, pretty nice place to to grow up. I'm not going to lie. Mostly because of the, the beautiful human beings that I'm still um, really proud to call friends and um, family. You know what I mean? That I met there. Um, but it was pretty great. I mean, we relatively you know, quiet, but still fun and attainable childhood, I would say. (laughs) Um, My mom and my dad were um, very specific on the way that, um, that we would entertain ourselves. Like my dad um, is a musician for all of you guys that don't know. Um, And um, I remember we would, (laughs) we would be like home during the summers bored out of our minds like just watching tv you know like you know frying our brains my dad was like all right y'all can't do this anymore y'all need to um get your shit together oh he didn't say that but like you know what I mean I'm paraphrasing um y'all need to stimulate your minds in a different way um so pick an instrument that's already in this house (laughs) and learn how to play and uh thankfully he had several so my sister uh, picked the flute and the piano. My brother play, um, picked the saxophone and I picked the flute at first. And then I was like, I don't want to play flute. So then I um, and I asked my dad, I was like, Dad, I want to play a string instrument. I want to play the violin. So then he went out and bought me a violin and I was terrible. And I played it for like two minutes. Um, and then I um, randomly asked this gracious and kind and patient man if I could play the oboe. <laughs> Uh, which is, um, as you guys don't know, is uh, the most difficult 
instrument ever to learn how to play but I don't know why I just liked the sound of it I didn't really know what it kind of like even looked like when I asked him for that sorry dad um (laughs) and he was like the oboe and I was like yeah I want to play it let's do it he was like okay um and we did and I learned how to play and it opened up actually a lot more doors than I thought it was going to it actually got because uh we ended up signing up for band in uh, in um, high school and middle school because we ended up loving the instruments that our dad was like you know what I need you guys to just keep busy and like stimulate your minds into something else um (laughs) so that's like where the musicianship started I ended up playing I think I've said this before but I ended up learning how to play bass so I still kept that whole string uh thing um and then um <laughs> and then I ended up playing tuba for the marching band I played oboe for the string uh for the concert band and then I played bass for jazz band so that was a whole thing and and then I also drew a lot as a kid um I was always because uh, my brother and my sister god bless them but they were like a dream team because they were born not a year apart from each other so they were close growing up and then I'm four years apart from them four and five years apart so I would always try to hang out with them and be like I want to play I want to play and they were like no like you too young even though like they'll be eight and I'll be four and they'll be like no nah, she's a baby we're grown-ups now so um it's okay y'all we good um <laughs> but um me and my uh so I would just be in the corner drawing or painting or um coloring I loved coloring and then it ended up turning into like you know and now I like paint all the time (laughs) and now um people would call me an artist but I just like to fuck around with paint um um and then also so I guess this comes to um the circles to like my first question that I usually ask others is like what is my first memory surrounding food and this also goes into with like my childhood so I always had like that creative mind right um and then I remember one of the few first memories of food was um gosh uh my mom was in the kitchen cooking up something and I come in and I was like mommy mommy what are you doing and she's just like I'm making I'm making dinner baby you know like I'm, I'm, I'm making dinner what are you doing and I was just like nothing I just want to watch you work so I can't even remember what she was cooking. It was it was something Southern. I want to say like cornbread or something because there was a huge skillet involved. But there's always a huge skillet involved. So that could, Lord have mercy, be anything. Um, and um, I remember just watching her and she looked so peaceful and happy and like solemn. And I was just like, oh, man, that looks really, really cool. Um, and then maybe maybe uh years later I want to say I was still kind of a baby I just remember I think I've told the story on episode two of like um with Caitlin um and how I remember just going to my grandmother's house and then seeing all my like my mother and my aunties just going around and just like cooking you know what I mean in the kitchen while the guys were like watching football and like you know and the kids were running around but the women were all like gathering and cooking and gossiping and I was just like man that looks really cool I wish I was in on that and then fast forward to (laughs) fast forward to 
uh, seventh grade. Okay, so check it. Seventh grade, we were in band, right? And um, shout out to uh, Lindsay uh, Klingman. She's married now. Um, but she was our uh, middle school director. And um, <laughs> oh, God bless the woman um, and her heart on this. But we did this like band concert thing. It was like a fundraiser where we had to... Um, where we provided the food like so it was like a dinner and a show basically it was like dinner theater we were gonna play and then they were gonna eat um (laughs) and the audience was gonna eat and um but we had to provide the food too I don't know I don't know it was seventh grade I wasn't paying attention but I do know that I remember homegirl saying hey y'all like our concert's coming up our our wine and dine or you know like I don't know what it was called um (laughs) I keep trying to remember but anyway um, she was like, Hey, um, so we need to, um, uh, do food. And I, my hand shot right up and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll organize the food, which, um, in hindsight is like, why would you put a bunch of like 11 and 12 year olds in, in charge of food for like more than like a pizza party within their class? <laughs> like what the fuck we were trying to feed like, like 50 adult humans, um, and we were a bunch of 12 year olds, which was hilarious in hindsight. I don't know whose idea this was, but it wasn't great. So, um, long story longer, um, <laughs> we get to it. And, um, I remember the menu was like easy. It was like pasta and red sauce with like salad and breadsticks. Right. And she went to like little Caesars to get the breadsticks. So we didn't have to worry about, you know, bread, but she was like, um, we need like we need you know the food so we borrowed one of the kitchens on the middle school campus like the home ec class and we cooked out of there and everybody was running around and everybody was being kids and I was looking at all this like chaos and then I was like well I think I'm supposed to be in charge but she was running around because she had 50 million things to do like she was trying to manage all of this stuff and these kids and this stress and the the program was starting in like a few hours and oh my goodness like I said it was a recipe for disaster (laughs) oh my god I don't know but trust me the the story ends well y'all I promise so I'm looking around I'm seeing all these kids and and then I don't know something within me was like all right we got to do something about this so I literally go hey you you start a boiling pasta you um open up this can of prego and then and then I remember saying out loud y'all like this is so corny but I remember saying out loud I was like I'll take care of the sauce because I uh, I've seen my mother do it a million times and I know how to um I know what she uses and um I can make it taste good like I remember that right (laughs) and so we were whipping it up I had all these people in line I had all these people like I was delegating I took charge I was like 12 years old Jesus and um I remember my director coming back and she's being like oh my god like this like this is a this is a tight ship and I was like all right so this is the deal we have this going on this going on and this going on everything's ready to go all we need to do is just present it she was just like holy shit (laughs) this is great oh my god and I was like it was a lot of fun and she's like thank you Candace and I was like yeah no problem you know and I was like la-di-da let's go play a concert so we go went played the concert the food was great everybody thought everybody was very impressed because I don't know I mean Jesus we it was like it was a Hail Mary and um I get home and I tell my mother all about it and then I'm like mommy mommy like is there like a job where you can like um like cook but like people like like show up and pay for it and she's like yes baby it's called a chef 
And I was like, oh, cool. I want to be a chef. And yeah, I've known what I've wanted to do since I was 12 years old. <laughs> that is the main story of that, honestly. Um, and ever since then, um, I've been very driven and dedicated to food and like the strive for it, honestly. Um, ever since then, it w- it's just been an un- like an unstoppable fucking phenomenon. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, no matter what, I'm going to be the best possible type of chef that I want to be. So I told my mother that and the the gifts that are um, Michael and Bay Otis, uh, my parents are just amazing. They s- supported me every step of the way. I told my mom I wanted to be a chef and she was just, she started buying me books. Like she, you know, she started like, and then, um, they just started, like I said, just supporting the crap out of me. Um, anytime I told them I wanted to stay after school for something or I wanted to like be included in something or I wanted to like cook for them or like, you know what I mean? They were like, yeah, all right, well go ahead. Like do it. Yeah, you can do it. Let's go. Um, at one point I thought I wanted to be a baker, which, (laughs) (laughs) um, (laughs) I laugh only because like it just, no, thank you. Um, I've said it before and I'll continue to say it. Pastry is um, a work of art. It is a science. It is for the people that are patient and willing to understand and be very analytical with numbers and procedures. And um, I respect the hell out of them. Pastry chefs are amazing. That being said, <laughs> it is just not my it's just not my cup of tea y'all like I I I wanted to be a baker for like maybe like two years my mom bought me all these all these baking cookbooks all of this shit and um um my mom was kind of really upset that like you know I was just like you know and I don't really want to do this anymore I'm I'm tired of smelling like powdered sugar all the time I really don't want to um I want to be able to eat while I'm cooking or like you know what I mean and I'm like I'm exhausted and then I just waited all this time for it to like not come out the way I wanted to because I rushed it (laughs) because I'm not naturally patient (laughs) um so yeah I'm I am spontaneous I am um (laughs) um sometimes erratic and obnoxious and that's how I think cooking can be most likely sometimes um and it just fits better um and it's not to say that pastry cooks can't cook or pastry chefs can't cook and you know chefs can't do pastry of course not we are all on the same team here we're just trying to make beautiful food that tastes great um but um like I said I ain't got I I ain't got time for that (laughs) So during high school, I really buckled down and wanted to like hone in on my skills as like, you know, becoming a great chef. (laughs) Um, So I did pretty much everything I could think of. Like I just did a lot of research. I did a lot of like, um, like I said, my mom and dad are really were really realizing that like cooking was like what I was going to be doing. Um, cause you know, like when you're a kid, you're like, I'm going to be a firefighter. I'm going to be an astronaut or I'm going to be, you know, like, um, space woman USA. You know what I mean? Um, (laughs) but until like you actually like doing something about it, they kind of just don't believe you yet. So, um, they started to believe me. That's what I'm saying. Um, (laughs) cause I was like, nah, like this is happening. So, um, 
I did a program called Skills USA where you basically like um, it's like a trade school um, um, national program that like uh, focuses on vocational skills um, in and out of like high schools and like um, like community colleges. And um, it it ranges from like cooking to like woodworking to like auto shop to like <laughs> graphic design and shit um they do a lot of things and they have like a conference every year um and then like you have um like a sectional a regional and then a national right with um culinary school um like I remember I was in um high school shout out to uh miss <laughs> Yo, Miss Therese Peters, what's up? Hi, sh- <laughs> hey girl, hey. Um, she was my uh culinary arts instructor in um high school. She is amazing. She is without a doubt a reason why I am the person and chef that I am today. Um, because she's one of the few people uh from the very beginning that just totally, undoubtedly, like just believed in me. Um, and I thank you for that, hun. You're great. Um, but. Uh, she told me about Skills USA or we told like she knew about it and then I like did some research and then we talked about it and then um, we ended up like um, collaborating and then we um, um, I did the first year um, which was my what like sophomore year of high school that I did it and um, I won the first round I won like the regionals but then like the second round I didn't go far and then the next year we competed again as like a school um and we went this time and I didn't go far either um because you know things happen but um um yeah I did it it was a lot of fun it taught me a lot and it also like opened my eyes to a lot of like the different type of cooking that I would like to do and also like that competitions aren't necessarily like you know what I mean like a great way to like motivate like kids to like be perfect um about cooking (laughs) but at the same time it's also interesting to weed out people that like practiced and you know all that shit so um that was cool I met a lot of um a lot of really great folks during skills USA and then um I would host like dinner parties and um really just like doing whatever I could um Oh, and uh, um, I forgot, like, the biggest reason why I wanted to do Skills USA is because if you win, you get a scholarship. Like, you get a free ride to Johnson & Wales University. And then I looked more into Johnson & Wales University, and I was like, oh, my God, this is where I'm going to school. Like, this is my dream fucking school because they are, like, they're really dope, right? They have four different locations. They're an actual, like, whole-ass college. (laughs) It's not just, like, a certificate, and then you're like, oh, yeah, they ain't got no toll-free number enough like (laughs) it's a it's a school um and then you can also like earn a business degree like and also like minor in so many other things and like they really really focus on um being um like culinary um instructors and like um you can get your teacher's degree like it's a great school basically um and I'll talk about that in a minute but um that's actually how it got on my radar was because of Skills USA. So I was doing everything I could to like save up and um, go to this school because it was my dream fucking school. And I, I wanted to, um, as much as I loved California, I wanted to, um, I wanted to do more. Um, and I wanted to be outside of my element and like go away and, you know, you know. Um, so 
um, I did a lot in high school. I, um, um, I reached out. I, I, I volunteered. I, at one point, I was like living in my high school, like culinary school, uh, culinary class, that or the band room. <laughs> um, like my senior year was basically culinary classes and band classes, which was really funny. Um, and then like math, cause you always need math. Um, <laughs> but, um, eventually, you know, graduated and, um, you know, the idea is that you automatically just go to your school. Right. Um, and like, even though I worked my ass off and even though like, uh, like I cried so hard, I was like, I wasn't able to go to Johnson and Wales right out of school um, because of money, which is like so fucking annoying. Um, but that's what I had to do. And my mom was like, honey, I, I hate to tell you this. And like, you know, like you're going to thank me later, which I do. Um, but, you know, when you're like there and hysterical in the moment, you're like, I don't care how much rational sense you're making, mom. I don't want to do it. But she was like, girl, what you going to do is you going to stay here for another like two years. You're going to get your GEs done out of the way. So you save yourself at least $20,000. So you're not like wasting your time at this culinary school when you could be taking basic ass fucking math classes and English classes that you can do here because it's cheaper and we can't afford it and you can't afford it because you ain't got no money. And I was like, I don't want to do it, but you right. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, like mama knows y'all like she knows. <laughs> so that's what I did. I spent the next two years um, getting my GEs, working part time at oh, man um, at an amusement park. I worked at Knott's Berry Farm. I worked in their their chicken dinner restaurant, which is like, oh, my God, you guys, <laughs> I'm not going to go too far into that. But woo, um, that was just um, that was a lot of. Um, yeah, it wasn't great. Um, but I am thankful because they gave me my first job. So kudos to that, I guess. Um, I don't know. They were the, and they, were, they were also the only people hiring, y'all. Like, it's real hard to, you know, get experience if you ain't got none. You know, even though I volunteered up my ass, like, I still didn't have any real, like, I wasn't paying taxes yet. So, um, but anyway, they were hiring. I worked there. It was terrible. But, hey, it was a job. That's what you had to do. So I went to school um at Cypress Community College um in Cypress California um and I took my GEs um I, I met and reconnected with a lot of my homies from high school which was actually like you know like um really great because I I got to bond with a lot of my um a lot of friends and um really establish relationships that I'm still um uh, close with the, to this day and if it wasn't because I stayed home and reached out and connected with these people like they wouldn't be in my life so I'm actually grateful for that time and also the fact that I saved twenty thousand dollars um <laughs> uh so I'm working my ass off I'm doing what I need to do because I'm trying to get the fuck out of there um and um finally what is it 2014 yeah like September 20. 14 is when I transferred to Providence, Rhode Island, uh, to Johnson and Wales University. Um, and, um, my parents got on a plane and helped me move across the country and, uh, settled me into the dorm and cried a whole lot. <laughs> we all cried a lot. Um, cause I also didn't know anybody on the East coast y'all like, I mean, I have family, but they're scattered. You know what I mean? Like I have family in DC, I have family in Florida 
and that's pretty much it. And then like the rest of my family is either in like Texas or um, the mid um, um, the middle of the um, the Midwest or the South, like Missouri and um, St. Um, St. Louis and, um, you know, and but they're mostly in California here. So I was moving away for the first time, being away from everybody I knew and loved and know. And, um, that shit was hard. (laughs) Like it was really hard. Um, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'm very grateful that I did it, uh, cause it, um, it established a lot of perspective. Um, and I'm, you know, and I I met a lot of people there that I, you know, um, but it was very difficult at first cause all I was thinking about was like the romanticized version of it. It was like something I've wanted for so long. I was like, I want to get out of LA. I want to start a new life. I want to do all these things. And it's just like, man, it's like, I, you know, you got what you asked for. And like, <laughs> and it's like, and it was everything that I wanted it to be, but it was also quite different. Um, I found myself just being so homesick, you know, missing my mom and my daddy and my brother, my sister, and, you know, just like home and my dogs and, you know, like just the familiarity of it all, you know what I mean? And my friends, you know, like I had friends, they just didn't live there. I say that all the time, anytime I move (laughs) and y'all, I have moved a lot. Um, I'm like, I have friends, they just don't live here. And then by the time I establish friends there, I move again. I'm like, oh, break the pattern. Anyway, um, so I'm in Rhode Island in Providence and I'm telling y'all like Providence, Rhode Island does not get enough fucking credit. It is a beautiful town on the East coast. Um, it is quaint. It is, um, very food driven. Like the food is there y'all. And it's really fucking good. (laughs) It's really great. Um, and there's so many established restaurants and it's mainly because of the, the, the schools there, but it's also the location, like the fish there is really great. Like, um, um, a lot of seafood, um, and not just like the shitty, like fried clam stuffies, you know, like the haba stuff, you know what I mean? I'm talking about like good, solid, beautiful, um, 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 Atlantic fish, like just, oh, yes. Um, and the town is just so beautiful and oh my gosh, like, um, and green It like, it has that new England feel, but it's still very like, um, you know, a little less on the conservative side and more like a little bit more, I mean, they're a very huge Bernie, um, oriented place, if that makes any sense to y'all. <laughs> um, they're also like one of the few cities on the East coast to establish like one of the biggest, like um lgbtq like gay pride parades too like they're down like it's uh it's a beautiful city honestly like through and through i actually really really love it and miss it um and it's also a college town too because it has three colleges it has like um um not the university of rhode island because well i think yeah um uri is like on the edge of providence i want to say i want to say that i don't quote me on that but i know brown the ivy league is there RISD in there and John uh, and and Johnson and Wales is there, so all three of them are um, kind of scattered a little bit. Brown and Rizzi are uh, neighbors, but we're a little bit a, a ways from them. But um, what a great city, man! Um, what a great city to be a college kid in and love food um, because that's exactly what like yes, it's oh, I love it, y'all. If you have the opportunity to go, which you won't for a hot minute, I know because the world's on fire, but. Once you don't, um, I suggest you go there um, because it's pretty great. Um, 
so during my time at Johnson & Wales, I met so many wonderful people. Um, um, some of you've met on the show. Vanessa, my, my homegirl, my saving grace, uh, my Colombian, um, um, just just extraordinaire. I love you so goddamn much. Um, <laughs> you saved my life. <laughs> um, we met almost like um, like maybe a year into um, being at Johnson & Wales because I became a teaching assistant. And I think I talked about this, but um, a teaching assistant for the school um, helps pay for your tuition, which was the exact the only reason why I took that job um, <laughs> or like applied for that job. But then like understood also the other perks is the fact that like I got to engage one on one with like chef instructors and I got to um, help like teach classes sometimes like we would oversee them. I would be more involved in the food and like the 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 the. the the behind the scenes stuff, you know what I mean? We would help out. We would uh, gather like supplies for the the kitchens and we would um, help delegate and um, streamline a lot of the services for the students. Um, and um, we, um, it was pretty great. We had perks too. Like, yo, like we, we got free food a lot. Um, not because it was free, but because we worked an event or we taught cooking classes and then we got to be able to take that food home. Like it was a really great opportunity actually. Like, um, I recommend anybody that's like thinking about it because if you want more like more of a like less of a normal um, um, experience you know what I mean if you just want to go there cook and then like party like don't do it but like if you want to like really really learn more and connect with people it's an excellent networking opportunity absolutely amazing um, the people I met are yo talented peeps I'm telling you and um that's actually how I met Gianine or uh, Janine, like um, um, on one of our previous episodes. That's how I met uh, Michelle Chen. That's um, um, it's how I met a lot of people, actually. Um, one of my mentors, uh, Valeria Molinelli. She's amazing. Like, uh, I, I mean, I could go on and on, but um, really great opportunity. And um, see, what had happened was <laughs> I went to... Um, so they told me, hey, you're going to graduate. If you take these amount of credits and you take these classes, you're going to graduate in two years. And I was like, perf, because that's exactly the type. So, y'all, I took more than, like, the normal amount of credits. I forget what the, like, I think the normal is, like, 40. I would take, like, 45 while working a part-time job, um, while, like, you know, like, studying for school. And um, that shit was hard, y'all. And by the way, anybody that thinks that like culinary school is just like easy peasy lemon squeezy is like, fuck those guys, okay? Um, <laughs> like, um, I don't know about you, but for me, like I like I told you, I earned a whole ass degree. Maybe maybe the cooking classes are easy and you just show up, you know what I mean? Whatever. But if you want to succeed, if you really want to learn, you got to study, y'all. Like that's just that's just to it. And also like I took accounting and law, bitch. So don't act like my degree don't make no goddamn sense. Anybody. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm ranting now. <laughs> Anybody that tells me that my degree ain't worth shit. I'm like, you know what? Fuck you, man. Because I have a whole ass business degree and I'm also black and a woman. So I need all the help I can get. Also, knowledge is power homie it ain't wrong to have and want to have a degree in something that you're interested in that's there's nothing wrong with that but I digress so uh the people at um financial uh, services and um <laughs> administration told me that hey you need these amount of degrees or um this amount of credits for you to graduate and I was like all right cool let's do it um and that's what I did and then they 
at the last minute were like, hey, uh, you still need to have an internship because of the way my transfer, my credits transferred and everything. Like they assumed that I did that after the um the first year or something because of the GEs that I managed to like it, it all got muddled and stupid and the 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 point of that is they said I had to have an internship in order to graduate so because they told me this so much later um they um they made me stay an extra semester so I ended up paying an extra I don't know question mark thousand uh for a semester that I didn't ask for that I asked anyway so um that fall I had to stay an extra um like four months in Rhode Island instead of like graduating that May I had to take it that fall and then graduate in December which was unfortunate but you know, we here now and it all worked out. So, you know, we're going to try and let it go. But I'm, I'm thinking back on it. And I'm still apparently very petty about it. <laughs> um, apparently, I am not over that. So I uh, what did I do? <sighs> Sorry, y'all. This is really hard to like think back and <laughs> talk about this journey. Um, oh, yeah. So I chose my internship and um I chose it at to be at Gracie's um, in in Providence, and the only reason why I chose it to be at um, Gracie's is because it was the only restaurant that I really wanted to work at, and I wanted to work there because previously I joined a club that Valeria Molinelli and uh, Vanessa um, were um, in charge of, and it was called Culinary Latina. Uh, and it was embracing um, um, Latinx uh, students and they formed a club. They were any part of that, that and that, that I identified with it and also just like wanted to embrace like Latin cuisine and culture. Um, so they would get together every week and cook and they were holding a competition um, and they had it was kind of like chopped where they were like, yeah, um, you have to make a um, dish um involving one ingredient you have to and it's an appetizer and you get an hour and whoever wins wins a an uh um uh, a three-day stop or a two-day stage um and um chef molinelli was my instructor at the time and she told me about the internship or the the competition and i was like oh that sounds really, like fun and then like nobody was really paying attention because they were like nah, 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 i don't really want to do that but i was like man that sounds really cool so i submitted it and the ingredient was coffee. Um, so I did a coffee chicken mole sauce. like, um, And I did a tostada, basically. Um, and I submitted it. And it got chosen for like a finalist. So it was me and two other dudes. Um, one who was a jerk. And the other one is actually one of my good friends, Ezra Gold. Um, <laughs> who I later on, um, um, but at the time, you know, like he didn't really know me all that well. So I was just seen as like competition, I want to say. Um, so we all set up, um, in a very central kitchen at the, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, this takes me back in at the, um, at the restaurant or that the school, sorry. And um, it was held like on like a Tuesday night or some shit. And everybody and their mama showed up. It was crazy. People that I didn't even know like liked me. Like so my roommates and uh, like folks that I told about. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be in this like, you know, this little competition. If you want to drop by, they're like, yeah, yeah. But they ended up like showing up, <laughs> which was really dope and great. Um, and then we had a large audience because the two other guys that I was competing with 
had friends and way more friends than I did because, you know, they, you know, they just did. And um, um, Chef Matthew Varga, shout out to that amazing human being, um, showed up because he was going to be one of the judges. Also, one of my chefs, Chef Jeffrey Alexander, who I'll also shout out, what's up? (laughs) And um, Chef Molinelli were judges, all three of them. And I remember um, Chef Alexander, (laughs) Chef Jeff, (laughs) he went up to me uh, right before the competition started and he just goes, yeah, I'm looking at your recipe just like based on off of it and you're going to win. And I was like, Chef, don't say shit like that to me. I'm already nervous. He's like, Candace, don't even worry about it. Just breathe, have fun, and you're going to do great. And I was like, thanks, Chef. (laughs) And I was like, and that's honestly, that was my mantra anyway. Like, just breathe and have fun. Because it's like, honestly, at the end of the day, y'all, it's just food. So, like, calm down. Um, This is not life or death or anything. It's just, you know. But the other boys took it really seriously. Um, and, um, And I'm not saying I wasn't. I'm just saying, like, you know, like, calm down. So, um, it started, it's cool. And then chef Matthew Varga actually comes up to me while I'm like preparing my shit and I'm like, so focused. Um, and I actually, uh, and he's like, Hey, do, uh, um, how are you doing? And I was like, I'm good. How are you chef? And he's like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. He's like, what you got going on here? And I'm like, just, just describing my dish. And he was like, Oh, okay, cool. And he like leans back. And then I hear him like whisper to like chef, um, chef Mo and he, uh, chef Molinelli. And he was like, he's like, Oh, she's really focused. That's really cool. And I was like, oh, I was like, he, yeah. <laughs> so I finished my shit. Um, the plating was terrible, y'all. Like, I look back on pictures right now and I'm like, I am not proud of the plating of that. Uh, cause I didn't even realize, like, that was honestly one of those things that I didn't even think about. I just thought about like how it should taste and um, like streamlining all of that and like the cuts and the, the, the pace and everything. But I, (laughs) ironically enough, I didn't even picture about how the fuck this was going to look like, (laughs) which is like the whole, Oh, anyway. Um, so then I get it. Right. And, um, I present it and I talk about it and I talk about how the fact that like, I love LA and I grew up around mole and like, this is a different recipe that I've been wanting to try. And like, um, I've actually never made mole before in my life. Um, (laughs) and, um, I just did it and they were like, all right, cool, cool. And then they announced it and I won, I fucking won. And everybody was like, yeah, big baby, what's up? And like, people are cheering and, um, I like shook the hands of the rest of them and Ezra was cool because he, he's my homie later on. Like, you know, he was just like, oh, OK, good game. Like, you know what I mean? But the other guy was like pissed that he lost. <laughs> he was just like, fuck this shit. I did so much like my um, because, you know, he had like squeeze bottles and like all this like all this flash, but no actual substance. You know what I mean? Like a lot of men that we know. <laughs> um, But <laughs> he was just like man, I should have won, like, my shit was way better than hers, like, fuck her, like, apparently, like, my roommates heard it, like, he, like, stormed out and, like, talked shit on the way out, he's like, man, this is bullshit, this whole thing was rigged, like, like, blah, 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 like, and they were like, dude, you just, you just weren't good enough, like, just, like, accept it, just eat it, like, it's okay, and it's not that big of a deal, like, Jesus Christ, we're children, um, (laughs) like, you know what I mean, like, we're a bunch of, like, 19-year-olds, like, anyway, I won, that's all that matters, (laughs) um, and um, I actually end up, um, I told this story to my dad once and he was just like, Candace, come on now, that shit ain't fair. Your ass broke out mole? Are you fucking kidding me, man? Of course you were going to win. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, because coffee and chocolate and mole is like, girl, please. That was cheating and you know it. I was like, it wasn't cheating, dad. It was my recipe and I just had a good idea. He's like, yeah, but mole is a solid fucking thing. Like, what the hell, man? You pulling out all the big guns. I was like, hey, I came here to win. <laughs> came to play man uh so um 
going back to my original thing, um, Matty Varga, Chef Matt, he uh, uh, he was like, yeah, so um, we'd love to have you for a stage because uh, you won. And um, I I did it, right? Um, and y'all, I, it was the first time that I really, really like saw food the way that I didn't know that I was dreaming about and 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 wanted to taste but was experiencing it you know what I mean it was it was like this glorifying and like beautiful experience (laughs) like it was the it undoubtedly like I have had probably better food since then but it was the best meal of my life um I, I looked around these people that were so motivated and so so beautiful um and the fact that they were so passionate about the craft and what they did and um cared for what they were doing and the food you know what I mean and um it was like um it was like it was like watching um I think I've said this before but it was like it's like watching a conductor like conduct an orchestra and it's like everything's in slow motion and it's like he points to the strings and then he points to the percussion and then he points to the horns and everything the music is swelling and everybody is working together and making this 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 music like they are they're putting the work together to make this art and that's what it felt like like I know I know I'm like romanticizing the shit out of this but y'all I swear it was like I I felt like I was in the middle of a like like a, like the Hollywood Bowl like just a concert and I was the only one there and I was just looking around and like the craziness and the busyness of a restaurant people going in and out and behind and you know right behind you and all saying all these words and like pans are flying and you know fires are going up and all of this shit but it's just like oh my god like the epiphany like it was just like this is it this is what I want to fucking do and nobody is gonna stop me like this is it this is what I want so um that those two days were really great just um and for all that you don't know uh stage is like um in many ways it could be a lot of things but it's uh like an opportunity for you to um be inside of the kitchen um and see the culture and um um, help out with prep and sometimes it's an interview and then sometimes it's just like hanging out and seeing what the kitchen does um and that's what I did and you know I helped out a little bit with their um with their mousse bouches uh which is like a little uh like pre um appetizer for the guests that automatically gets it no matter what um it's just like an introduction from the kitchen um but it's usually a one or two bites um and I helped out with that I helped out a little bit with garmage but it was mostly just observation I was just standing around watching chef just like conduct his cooks and it was just amazing and then he was like yeah so you should like stay for like a seven course like meal on us and I was like are you fucking kidding me (laughs) it was amazing and that's what I'm telling you about like the best um the best meal of my life um and um I'm telling you like I remember every single last detail of that menu and I'm not gonna go on because we ain't got time for that but it's one of those things where it's just like Jesus Christ everything was perfect everything was beautiful everything was well timed and well thought out and careful and craft um, and crafted in a way that was just so like oh man um you felt the love like you and um 
I've heard it before and fellow mentors and chefs have said it and I believe in it. It's tried and true, but like you can taste the love y'all. You can taste whether or not somebody took the time to make sure that this was good. You know what I mean? And wanted to affect somebody in a positive way. And like, that's all we do. Like, that's like, that's the point of it all. You know what I mean? Or at least for me, you know what I mean? I can't speak for everybody, but for me, it's just to like connect with people through food and use that as a, as a caveat, like to use it as a way for people to, you know, forget about their troubles for, you know, three hours or to connect with them on a, on a higher level or to just like, intrigue them and pique their interest and think about things you know what I mean and generate an environment where they feel comfortable and happy and safe and well fed you know um so I'm very (laughs) sorry I kind of went on a tangent there but um I um I I loved Gracie's I'm, I'm so grateful for that so um they um, I did the, 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 oh my gosh, I did my um, internship there because I was like, I want to learn more from Chef Matthew Varga. Um, and I, I'm so hungry for it. I just, I, I want to soak up like a sponge. I want to learn. So then um, I did a three and a half month internship, you guys, and that nearly killed me. And I'm going to tell you why. So <laughs> that internship um, was um we got a stipend because I mean don't ask me it's not fair and it but whatever um but we got a like a stipend which was like 1500 bucks but y'all I was working like 60 hours a week um while taking an online class while going to work so y'all I was up and working from 6 a.m to 1 a.m I got five hours of sleep a night and I was only off one day a week. So I was working 80 hour day, um, 80 hour weeks for three and a half months. It nearly killed me. Um, um, my beautiful roommates at the time, um, Vanessa and, um, Abby, uh, will attest at how tired I was. I've never looked, I've never felt more exhausted. Like nothing in the, in the world mattered more than like the 17 minutes of sleep that I was able to like nap in throughout the day. Like nothing mattered. Do not bother me. Like they were, they, I nearly died (laughs) y'all. I don't, I don't recommend it. I have never worked that hard for anything in my entire life, but I had to do it because I had to do it. Um, and, um, I remember telling my chef that, or I remember telling Chef Varga that, and he said, um, you know what, Candice, um, I'm going to tell you something, um, you are going to do this and you are already doing it and you're doing great. And then you can look back on this moment and realize, you know what, I can get through anything because I did this. And I was like, you know what, you are so correct. (laughs) Yo, I, I mean, I have worked harder in different ways, but Jesus Christ, I have never ain't never going no never again nope 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 um so um I have a story I have a quick story of like I was so tired one of those nights that I was eating Chinese food in bed and then I fell asleep mid like bite of a noodle like mid chow mein and then I woke up choking on noodles in my mouth that makes any sense and I know y'all like damn Candace but yeah that whole ass happened I was like nodding off while eating and then like woke up (coughs) like 
with noodles in my fucking throat. Like, I was like, <gasps> oh, my God. And I, like, spit it out, drank some water, and then, like, just shoved it onto my nightstand and then went to sleep. <laughs> That's how tired I was. That's just a glimpse of what I what happened. But um, we did it. Um, I It was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do, like I said. But also just the fact that it was, like, the first kitchen I've ever been in. Like, that was fucking, like real um that's also where I met the undeniable the unstoppable inspirational and lovely Michelle Chen um and (laughs) yes I always give her like 17 adjectives before um I say her name because she is she's spectacular y'all like and I don't say that lightly um she is my Yoda (laughs) and I say that because she's the wisest person that is near my age that I've ever known and probably will ever know um and she and that's where I met her she was I I I think I've said it before but she was like the first face that I saw when I entered Gracie's for my stage and then um she was the nicest person during the 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 internship um and I remember (laughs) sitting on the floor of like the private dining room and um, not really knowing her all that well but I was like I was like she's she seems really really nice and cool and I just looked at her and I I sat next to her and I was like hey how's it going she's like it's good you know because she's like shy um and I was like we should hang out (laughs) and she was like uh yeah sure okay cool and I was like no no no. like we're gonna hang out she's like yeah I know I just said that I was like no no no. but I'm I'm telling you like we're going to hang out she's like okay and I was like it's not a threat but it's like I'm just saying that it's going to happen and I was like you you're a good egg like you you seem like a good egg like I I think we're gonna be really good friends and she was like okay and look at us now six years later oh I talked to her like literally three days ago, y'all. Like, she's, I love her. Anyway, I'm sorry, I'm drinking water. So, um, anyway, I, um, I did Gracie's and, um, while still going to school, and then that ended, and then it was like November 2014, and, um, I was trying to get a job because I was trying to figure out my next step. And like I said, I think I've said this before, but um, I was thinking about Southern food because I wanted to learn more about Southern food because my mother is Southern and um, I just love it so much and um, I wanted to see other places, but in a more fine dining aspect of it all. So I actually decided between three different places, Atlanta, Savannah, Georgia, or um, Charleston, South Carolina. And so many um, signs pointed to Charleston, uh, South Carolina, because of um, my instructor, um, Jeffrey Alexander, and because of research. And and it's saying, like, you know, it's one of, like, the top tourist destinations of, like, um, nationwide. And then I looked more into it, and then I think I've... um, Sorry, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I'm repeating myself, but at the same time, like I don't know what you guys know or have been paying attention or even care about. So, um, <laughs> um, I eventually settled on Fig uh, Restaurant. It was between Fig Restaurant in Charleston, South Carolina, or Husk Restaurant, um, Sean Brock's uh, famous like place. And I staged both of them in a weekend, and I did it two days at Husk, and then I did one day at Fig. And, and um, I went to South Carolina for a weekend and um, I met Jason Stanhope for the first time. Um, God, I love that man. And um, 
uh, he was just like, hey, um, nice to meet you. Like, let's get you started. And I literally cut up onions for like two hours. Um, <laughs> like beautiful, perfect. He said, um, just, just make a beautiful, like the small dice onion. Right. And I was just like, oh, okay, I think I could do that. And then it took me forever. Uh, cause I realized that I'm the perfectionist, but also like, I wasn't very good at it because I didn't know how to sharpen my knives very properly. And it's just, I'm very green y'all. I'm just very, very green. Um, so um that happened and then I observed for the rest of the day but man you guys that kitchen talk about a fucking running of a ship man that shit it was tight it was a tight fucking kitchen all those boys being so happy cursing around fucking around but also like so committed to their food um and their craft it was really great to see um and I was like you know what all right like they seem really really dope so I actually went back to you know school I went back to Rhode Island I flew and then um I um finished my classes and then um I told my mother and my father and I was like you know what I am moving to Charleston um whether or not I get a job like right now because I staged a month before I was going to move out there but I was like mom dad I really want to try to make this work I think it's going to be way easier because they wanted me to come home and I was like I think it's just gonna be way easier if I just um stayed on the east coast because that's what I want to do but move from South Carolina and move to Charleston and if I don't find a job within a month then I will move home and my mom and dad were like okay you got a plan um we don't love it but we're you know like you you've got a plan exactly so we will support you in any way we can so my dad being uh, my mom and dad talked about it and then my dad flew out to Rhode Island helped me pack up um, a rented car that I rented because a U-Haul, by the way, hella expensive, y'all. U-Haul was like $1,200, and then I literally rented a fucking Dodge Caravan, and that shit was only like $300. Like, done. Um, so we look like the, my dad calls it, we look like the Beverly Hillbillies because we, we strapped shit to like the top of the car and was driving <laughs> like 1,200 miles. Um and my dad drove straight through, be y'all, straight through from Charleston, uh, from Providence, Rhode Island, to Charleston, South Carolina. If you can fucking believe it, um, he's a trooper. He is a man. He's amazing. Um, and we moved our, my shit um, to South Carolina. I stayed in an Airbnb um, and um, just stodged around to see if I can find a job. And I had offers. I even called in favors, people from um, school, people that know, knew people that knew people. Um, and all of them were like, um, and I staged around and I was just like getting nervous because I was like, oh man, I really wanted this to work. Like, I love it here, but I'm not finding a job that I really like. You know what I mean? I didn't want to just stay for the sake of staying. I wanted to stay for the I loved the city already, but the restaurant was more important. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I really wanted to work in a place that was going to develop um, and start my career because that was the whole point of all of this. So I was like, oh, man, I, I'm running out of time. I don't know what to do. And then I get a phone call. And um, it's literally like, <laughs> y'all, like a week before um, the due date that I said that I was going to like move back home and, uh, it's Jason Stanhope and he's like, Hey, how's it going, Candace? And I was like, um, I'm good chef. How's it going? He was just like, yeah. So, um, I'd love for you to like come in, um, 
and talk um and i'd love to like get a little bit more about like where your head's at about things and i was like all right cool he's like are you here and i was like yeah i'm here i live here now and yada 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 so then we came in we talked we talked about our goals we talked about like our wants and our dreams and um you know like what i wanted from my for my career and what I wanted out of this restaurant you know and then like what I wanted for myself and and then literally like a couple of days later he calls me <laughs> I love this man he calls me and he says hey Candace like I want you to come work for me and I was like hallelujah <laughs> um jesus christ that would be um i was like oh really i was like trying not to be like too fucking hyped on the phone because i don't want this man to think that i was desperate even though i was and even though he knows that now but um (laughs) i was like really and he's like yeah and uh, he says words that i'll never forget he just goes you know i have a really really good feeling about you um so um yeah i want you to come work for me and um that started fig (laughs) um um fig is uh one of the most important times of my life honestly um important in my career too um it like single-handedly shaped the way that I cook and the way that I feel about food and the way that like and I'm just so glad that he like (laughs) believed like I'm so glad that he believed in me firsthand um and also the fact that like I had such an amazing uh, teacher um, to really like mold me um, and help shape me into the type of cook that I wanted to be because like, um, because the man is, I mean, y'all, like Jason Stamhope is just a glorious human being. Um, But it's also the fact that like he just cares. Um, He cares about the world. He cares about you. He cares about food. Um, And he taught... um, we, I don't really believe that you can teach somebody how to care, but you can definitely show them, um, if that makes any sense. Because um, it's like, you can tell somebody, like, you should care about something or blah, 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 but it's not necessarily whether or not they will. Um, but you can show them the effects of it all and the benefits to it. And that's exactly what he did. He showed us how, um, he taught me how that, like, the 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 concept of, like, why would you <laughs> it's like something as little as like why is this parsley not covered in a wet towel and you're like oh I'm sorry chef like I forgot and then, and then he's like but do you realize what it took for that parsley to get to where you are you know what I mean and it's just like it, it's it's the concept of like this parsley <laughs> was grown and cared for and developed by a fucking farmer whose life goal it is for this parsley to grow. And then they they waited for it, they nurtured it, they prospered it, they picked it, and then they delivered it safely to you so you could take care of it even more to give to the guests. Like it's all, it's all, y'all, it's, it, it's like, take a step back and look at the big picture. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it, it's it, on one hand, it's very important for you to understand that, like, whatever you do with this product is the result of another person's hard work. It, we are not just one one person responsible. It is a chain. It is an assembly line. And you need to have respect for the people that cared for it before. But you also need to give that respect to it. 
and give it even more and transfer that to the guest because that's what they're paying for. That's what they're, that, that's what they deserve. And that's what you should already be doing. You know what I mean? So, um, a lo- it's, it's things like that where it's just like, Oh man, wow. I didn't even think about it like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's also like, you know, like the concept of sustainability. I mean, you know, we know that, but, um, and also brings in, you know, um, the, the, the necessity for restaurants in our economy in general, you know, and, you know, the fact that people don't really necessarily think about farmers or think about like how, I mean, I won't get too far into it. Um, but just, you know, that restaurants are a key and vital part of this fucking economy. And like, um, half of the people that I know don't like to cook or don't want to cook and pay people to cook. And, you know, that's why I have a job, but also the fact that like, don't take that shit for granted because I mean, clearly for the state of the world that we're in right now, it's like, y'all, we are important. We are, we are here. We are important. Like anyway, um, it's things like that. Um, so, um, fig taught me so much about myself and about food and about culture and about, um, um, perspective, um, in many worldly, worldly ways, um, than none. I met so many wonderful human beings there, y'all, uh, truly just magnificent, um, people. And, um, they were the heart and soul of that restaurant, you know, from the owners to the, like, to the, like, you know, like the flower people, like the florist, you know what I mean? Like everybody that walked into that and like chef, um, Stanhope always preaches that like pretty much anybody that you know touches that back handle to come into this restaurant is family you know like we become a team a unit and it was a very unifying um, experience like I did feel like I was in a family because I I didn't know anybody there and then I ended up you know being surrounded by all these folks that spent so much time together but also enjoyed it I mean don't get me wrong we all fight and you know like get all up in each other's business and shit but for the most part like we loved each other um and I'm just really gracious for that man, including me into that family and teaching me and taking the time to like really like develop my skills um, and just believing in me. Um, so that was great. Um, I loved Fig. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, I'm not there anymore for a lot of reasons, you know, like I, I felt like I just needed to keep on rolling, you know what I mean? Keep pushing this train along and also just... Um, um, just South Carolina was um, was great. It was good to me, but at the same time, there were a lot of issues, um, especially around like um, like social class and racial um, racial tensions. So um, that are pretty obvious. Um, but at the same time, you know, like I said, I, I it treated me well, but at the same time, it was hard to ignore certain situations and um, overlook them. Um, so, um, I kept on rolling. Right. Um, and I actually wanted to go abroad, um, at this point. So, um, I was thinking about, um, cause I wanted to study classical French and, um, I, um, I was like, oh yes, Paris, but then Paris was not an option. Uh, really? I mean, I want to live there, but I don't really wanted to live there at that time. Um, for a lot of reasons and mainly because it's definitely harder to get a, uh, a working visa there um, because I knew um, some of my old friends that were actually trying to apply and it took them forever um, too and they were even married too so um, so I wanted to do London because um, I've heard about the um, the statistics of it uh, becoming um, a little bit um, the chances were higher so I did research 
Um, I um, also I was at Fig for like two years, y'all. And then um, I went home to um, that December, um, and then I stayed home for a little while, um, trying to like um, um, settle like my abroad thing. So I actually went to London on my own for like a week and staged around. I got a couple of jobs. Then I um I accepted one, and then we were on our way to. Sorry, I'm yawning. <laughs> we are on our way. We were on our way to like getting a visa, and then, um, I had some like personal like family health issues happen at the same exact time, um, and that happened while Brexit was happening, while um the sponsorship for my visa was like still like being in limbo, and then I literally was like. Oh, y'all, it was like six months, almost like six months. It was like four months of like, um, really like trying, really gaining a lot of perspective on my life and taking a chance to reflect and seeing what was important to me, um, versus what was necessarily like something as starting to become a means to an end. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to do it just to do it, not necessarily like, or just, I want to do it because it's always been a dream of mine and it has to be achieved now. Um, and I say that because, um, and it might be, you know, a little TMI, but hey, it's my show. Um, might be a little personal, but it, I really did reflect and wonder, like, what did I want to do? Like, what is important to me and what matters right na- right here, right now? And how can I make um, the the best out of this situation? So that, um, after a lot of mulling, a lot of hard decision making, um, but ultimately was, you know, um, I'm in- incredibly satisfied and um, overjoyed of how it worked out because, you know, look at God. But um, <laughs> um, that's how I ended up moving to San Francisco, actually. I stayed um, when I moved back to California, Los Angeles, to be with my family and spend some time recuperating, um, I said no to London because uh, they were taking too long. Um, and I was like, you know what? We are going to move to San Francisco um, because it is local. Um, God forbid, you know, something were to happen, but I would still be able to... Um, like visit, you know, my family and, and, you know, whatever. And I, it, it, it's a great city. Uh, it's a, an excellent food city. And, um, yeah, like all the, all the signs were pointing to yes. Right. So I ended up coming up to San Francisco and the only pr- people I really knew were my cousins that lived in like the Emeryville, Oakland area. And I staged for a week or no, for like a weekend, sorry, a weekend. And um, I staged at State Bird and the Progress and I ended up getting a job (laughs) and I moved up here um, like three weeks later. And I've been here ever since. That was a, a year and some change ago. And I worked at the Progress for a year and met some again, spectacular people. (laughs) Um, I, I, like, I don't know, like they, y'all, they're, they're beautiful people in this world. You just gotta be open to them. Um, and 
it was really great uh, learning from uh, these chefs and um, just seeing this different type of food too. Cause it wasn't, um, it wasn't French cuisine that too. I was like kind of hesitant. Cause I was like, I don't know. Um, it's kind of different, but it's also like the techniques that they were using um, were really fascinating. Um, and also the fact that like, I just agreed with Sh- um, chef Stuart Brioza and Nicole Krasinski, the owners, the amazing and wonderful chefs of the progress and state bird, um, um, restaurants. Uh, it's just the fact that they had so much integrity. Um, they were excellent business owners and also the fact that they just like genuinely cared about people and food and their employees. You know what I mean? Like they take the time to get to know you to really, um, show how, generous they are with their time and their 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 craft you know what I mean and the food's amazing (laughs) so why the fuck not you know what I mean so that was really great um I was I worked there until the pandemic until COVID-19 in April uh of um 2020 um and then you know we had time and you know we got furloughed and laid off and um that's when I started this podcast (laughs) um to just like um feel stimulated um and talk with my old friends um about food and um their journeys so um now I am actually working um uh it only started a couple weeks ago y'all so it's still pretty fucking fresh but I am working um in a test kitchen um doing some R&D for a fine dining menu in a restaurant in downtown San Francisco which is incredibly exciting i'm working with a new um um um, chef well he's not new because you know he's been around but um it's his restaurant is new and they're open for like uh, their terrace um outdoor dining uh but he wants to start developing a fine dining menu um for the main dining room hopefully when we're able to um eat and open up and um, that's why I was hired to help test recipes and develop a menu and create. And it's been an uplifting and amazing and uh, amazing experience so far. Like I said, it's still fresh, y'all. So I'll keep you informed. <laughs> but um, I'm having a lot of fun and really, really being able to uh, explore um, a lot of opportunities um, this way. So that is my life journey um, so far culinary wise um we are gonna take a break um so you guys can like you know um take a break (laughs) and then uh, we'll get back now that we've gotten uh my life story kind of out of the way uh i'm just gonna answer some questions that um i normally would ask um my fellow guests on the show (laughs) or um also ask some questions that um some of my fellow listeners have um wanted me to ask so number one um is there any advice that I was given that has helped me in the past or was there any advice that I wish was given to me um that would probably help me in the future and I would say um several things um (laughs) my 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 dad always said um if you love something um 
and you want to and you want to do it like professionally if you want to be something in this world make sure that you are very good at it um which means um practice (laughs) um practice and work hard and you will be able to and and you will be just fucking fine and he was so correct (laughs) um there's also is um my mother said uh, don't let anybody um usually a man (laughs) come between you and your money uh uh that's actually one of my favorites because um I was talking to her and telling her about you know like this is actually like way back when when I was working for um um uh, knots um in that amusement park I told you all about that I've suppressed um (laughs) um and um and she was just like, you know what, Candace? Like, you gonna, you know, you gonna live your life, and you are gonna do a lot of work that you don't want to. And I remember there are so many times that I've wanted to quit because some person or you know, some supervisor or whatever who was just terrible to me. Um, he was racist. He was gross. He was just like not a good person, um, and kept trying to get in the way between me and my work. And um, you know, she stood her ground and she accepted her self-worth, you know what I mean? And established it and was like, you know what? Ain't nobody coming between me <laughs> and my money. So she would always tell me that, like, do the work, believe in yourself and earn that check because um, um, don't let anybody, like, stop you from doing that, <laughs> which I've always loved and admired. Um, my, my mother also said... Um, don't ever underestimate anyone ever and that's actually some of the best advice I've ever been given um do not have any sort of predisposition about anybody's life or knowledge of their existence (laughs) because you don't know them you don't know their life they you don't know what they've been through and you also don't know whether or not like um this person is going to benefit you or be a positive or negative influence in your life. Um, and it's also the people that you underestimate the most are the ones that surprise you and um, you you risk judging um, too prematurely and it ends up biting you in the ass. So um, don't ever underestimate anybody's power or um, um, or existence because it, it, it never ends well. <laughs> um, and that also brings me to like, instinctual kindness gets you so far um being nice to somebody initially right off the bat even even though they may end up being the antichrist um (laughs) can get you farther um in this life I believe I think um kill them with kindness at first um I think I I think I don't know It, it, it it also I don't know. It just makes you feel better about your soul. I feel like it, it does a little bit of healing, you know? Um, yeah, that's all I can think of at the moment. Um, <laughs> um, another question is, who is my biggest inspiration? Um, and that is a loaded fucking question. <laughs> um, so first of all, uh, no, um, I mean, I have to give it to my mother and my father. Um, they are um, my life's blood and the sole I mean, literally the sole reason why I'm, 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 I'm here y'all talking to y'all. Um, but also just the undeniable love 
and support that these two generous and and kind and strong individuals have have always shown for me and my my siblings and everybody around them that they care for is just inspiring it's like the 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 independence that they've taught me of understanding that you need to work hard like instilling these beautiful values and ethics into me like you know I mean don't get me wrong like we good kids um (laughs) but at the same time I owe so much to them in the sense of how uh determined they were to make um us want to contribute positive change in this world and um it was subtle but it was all but it was incredibly intentional and I say that with the utmost of compliments because I mean you know the the older we grow or the older we get you know the more we understand what our parents frame of mind (laughs) um becomes more and more you know because it's like shit it's like they were our age or you know like they're a little bit older than us when they had us and it's just like man I can't even imagine like having to be an example for these people and having to have to know all the answers like when when did we have when did we start to become the adults and the 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 evolved ones and then give the answers and know everything to everything and it's like we are all doing just the best we can um but I'm telling you that they did an excellent job um I think um and if you don't believe me, then, well, <laughs> sucks. But um, I'm telling you right fucking now, they are um, they are two incredible human beings that just um, that just really loved and cared for their children um, and continue to do that and have undeniable support and our dreams and our ambitions and um, hold us to certain expectations now because <laughs> we're like, yeah, we're going to do this. Or like, you know, like you come home with an A and they're like, yeah, you're supposed to do that. <laughs> you know, like black people problems. But um, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like I I've never been um, so excited to share them and my success with them, because a lot of it has to do with the fact that they worked so hard blood sweat and tears man and emotional distress and you know strains on their hearts and their minds just for us to have these hopes and dreams that I'm talking about today you know what I mean like so anytime I'm like hey mom guess I did this or you know hey dad like I'm I've got promoted or I got more you know I did this or I did that and it is so beautiful to be able to share that with them and especially in a way in a creative outlet you know what I mean like one of my favorite fucking moments of my life was being able to take um my parents out and have them taste um like uh we went to um they came to Charleston for my mom's birthday and um and had dinner and it was one of the best nights of my life because on one hand they were eating amazing meal and they said it was one of their best meals of their entire life and two it was also like a way for them to like get a peek into my world you know what I mean like this is what I've committed so many hours and and in my life too because I want to connect people through food and for for them to sh- for me to be able to share that with them and also let them know like this is this is it like this is what I want to do was just incredibly satisfying so um I thank them every day and I will continue to thank them um (laughs) um 
of because they are two pillars um, in my life that have just established so many strong and um, just amazing values and um, examples of what um, of what I could be and what I continue to strive for without judgment or um, hesitance or concern. Um, um, not blindly, of course, because, uh, you know, we ain't crazy. But at the same time, like they they really have. Um, they've taught us well, and I'm very grateful for them. So I, I just love them so much. Um, next is probably my siblings. Um, those two crazy fucking people are <laughs> um, a shining beam of light um, in my life. Um my sister is a brilliant, kind, generous, and amazing human being. My brother is goofy and <laughs> loyal and um, just so fun and good-hearted. Um, and I just love them both. I um, It's something interesting about siblings um, and just family in general that I've realized, like, just getting older. It's just like, oh, man, um, I love hanging out with my family. Um, <laughs> that is not a common thing, y'all. Um, but us Otises, we really like each other. Um, and I've, I've, I've found that that is incredibly rare and a privilege, truly, because people don't necessarily, like, like their family members. They're like, yeah, I love them. And I was like, yeah, but, like, do you like them as human beings like if you weren't related to them would you hang out with them like no obligation just like willingly freeingly like wanting to know them and be a part of their lives and they're like no <laughs> and I'm like damn um well I couldn't say that because my siblings are pretty damn great um they are <laughs> inspiring um and that's why they're on this list and my fa and my parents are pretty damn great um and us as a unit, like just the Otis family, we call it the Otis family takeover. Like <laughs> we, um, anytime one of us succeeds or like accomplishes something that we're proud of, you know what I mean? Like we, that's what we say. And, you know, we hold a big party and we talk about it and we have fun and we have game nights and um, uh, group chats and, you know, FaceTime parties and, you know, like we do it up. Um, we just love spending time with each other. Um, but my siblings are just um, people that are always willing to listen to me and joke with me and understand and also just, you know, like, that's what they do is, like, you know. I mean, I know I just spent the last, like, ten minutes, like, complimenting my parents, but, like, sometimes you'd be, like, you know, you, we think our parents are tripping. <laughs> and then we uh, and we talk to our siblings about it, and that's what you do. You know what I mean? Like, oh, man. Or, uh, like, you know, like, just your concerns because uh, they know you in, in, in a way that nobody else does because they are your friends uh, from birth and uh they know they've been in the same situations you have more likely than not um and they just get it you know um i this is gonna be a long list y'all so strap it in um <laughs> i am inspired by so many of my friends i have been very blessed to be um introduced to so many um uh good humans and i mean that in the utmost respect of the word of just good all around um that are man I, I I don't even know where to describe just um my three best friends that I've known uh for 20 to 10 to 20 years 
Um, Christina, Lauren, and Amelia, um, I love you all. You're amazing. Uh, shout out. <laughs> um, and um, my friends from high school that I've known for 10 years and um, and then people that I've met along, you know, along the East Coast and through my journeys, you know, and people that have been on this show. Um, major shout out to my Michelle Chen, who I will compliment um, until the end of time because she hates it because she hates positive affirmations <laughs> and she's going to be blushing so hard when she hears this part. But um, I just want to remind you that I love you so dearly. Uh, you are my Yoda. I'll say it again. Um, and you inspire me in ways of how gracious you are with your, your, your heart, truly. Um, y'all, if there's anything you need to know about this, uh, glorious, uh, person is the fact that she is always deeply considering, uh, the fate of mankind, um, and how to make it better. (laughs) Um, she is that girl. She is that person that believes in the good, um, of others and, um, and is always, she's probably the most patient person I've ever known in my entire life. Like that is her, that is her first instinct is to be patient and kind, which is so much to say about a person. (laughs) Um, and she's just always tries to do the right thing and always try to consider other people's feelings. Um, and it's just really nice to see. She's also just, um, what a what a career that girl has ha- had and um because we've been side by side for so long and she's a little bit older than me like I've said but um really she's one of the few people I've ever known that really has taken the time to consider her wants and her 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 needs truly um she's so brave um and I say that like I'll say it again she's so brave she she takes the time to consider what is she feeling how is she getting out of this situation or what is she getting from this situation that she's in uh, 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 especially with her career and her job and she says you know what she takes the time to analyze and say I'm not happy or I am happy so I'm gonna keep things the same or I'm not happy and I'm going to I'm gonna change things but I mean how many people do you know literally stop to reflect and think about whether or not they're happy and then do something about it. You know what I mean? And it is so inspiring for her to just be like, you know what? I don't want to do that anymore. So I'm not going to do it. You know what I mean? Cause I value myself so much that I don't want to feel this way anymore. And I'm going to make a change. Like she is a doer and it is so fucking great <laughs> to see because she does and she accomplishes and it's just, oh, it's so amazing. Um, I mean, God, I mean, I could go on and on. Um, <laughs> um, I have so many people in my life that I'm inspired by. Like I said, it's just and and I'm going to lump all my friends in this situation because that's who's listening right now. And like, I don't know, like some random people in like Peru. Um, but um, <laughs> I love you all very much. And um, every day, uh, the um, the support that I'm constantly getting, um, whether I'm like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. You know what I mean? I don't want to do this. Or I'm like crying and whining about something. Cause I'm like self-deprecating. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's a trait, um, is from y'all, like y'all constantly saying, you know what, you are doing great. Or like you put too much pressure on yourself or you need to gain some perspective or, um, no matter what, like you were always doing something, um, that we can be proud of, which is 
amazing to say or and 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 um I just want to say thank you uh, for always supporting me and loving me and believing in me. And um, another special shout out to Jason Stanhope, which I've already talked about a million times, but I will continue. Um, um, Him and Matthew Varga and um, all of my instructors and like every single teacher, um, Charlotte Evanson. Hey, what's up? Um, (laughs) um, That ever just said yes to me. um, That is that is an inspiration. Um, because, um, we don't win every day, you know what I mean? Like we're not losers, but we don't necessarily win every day, but like every single time a person has said yes to me and believed in me and said, I see you and I value you. And I think that you can do some good things in this world is a yes. And that is a win, you know what I mean? And that is an inspiration to me. And I lock those bad boys in and I take that with me every single day. I promise you, um, so yeah, I think that answers my question <laughs> to myself. On a lighter note, um, a question I always ask is donut, bagel, or Danish? And if you guys have been paying attention, <laughs> um, or if this is your first episode, <laughs> um, it is and forever will always be donut. <laughs> um, I think donuts are just extraordinary. I think something about them is so satisfying, so healing, so wonderful. Um, it might be the insulin shock, but anytime you eat one, you're just like, oh, God, sugar, man. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. Um I just love the way that they make you feel and there are so many different textures and flavors that you can work with and um, so many different types of donuts too. Like, oh my gosh, like you gotta love like good old fashioned brioche donuts and yeasty donuts and then there's like the cake dense donuts and then there's the shitty antennas. Um, I'll love them all. I'll eat them all like, you know, like gas station donuts and then like the elegant bougie shit. Like, oh, I'm all for that crap. Oh, so good. But who's not, I'm not to say that I don't love a ba- bagel or a solid fucking Danish because, bitch, I will cut somebody over a, a good croissant. Like, oh, my God, just butter and bread. Sign me the fuck up. Um, But nothing beats sugar and bread. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> But like I said, no shade to the bagel and a Danish. I no shade. Another question is, why did I start this podcast? I started this podcast because of several reasons. Uh, One, I wanted to find something um, to do during the COVID-19 pandemic. (laughs) That is a very big underlying reason. And the origin of this entire like project came from a few years ago where I wanted to start a panel. Um, And I wanted to... Um, I wanted to get a round table of like chefs like I've seen it on like the Hollywood Reporter or um, maybe they do it at conferences but ain't nobody going to those conferences because ain't nobody important enough and when I say nobody I mean me um, <laughs> and I've wanted to get like a group of chefs together and talk about their lives and what restaurants mean to them and why they started their businesses and like also like hone in on specific groups and like or have an eclectic group and then like see where you know like um 
where they came from. And I actually approached Jason Sanhope um, about this idea and he thought it was really, really great. And he was like, yeah, I would love to have like that. And I was like, yeah, maybe we can like, you know, film it and like put it on the internet and like talk about it or like, you know, have like just the restaurant, like see it or whatever, or just like be there for it. But asking these motherfuckers to come in on, you know, the day off and all that is a lot of work. And um, but I also said this idea because we were just talking like we were just hanging out um, one day. I was like, yeah, it's something that I've I'm like been thinking about it, been mulling over for a little while. And he was like, yeah, I think that's a great idea. And then it never happened because I ended up moving um, like a couple of months later. And we just, you know, like we were just living our lives. Um, and then it kind of. I don't know. It kind of just happened. Like I was just sitting at home, like minding my own black ass business. And then it just came across me and I was just like, you know what? How am I going to, how can I do this? But like in a more streamlined way. And that's how a podcast. And I was like, podcasts are so fucking like, I listen to podcasts every week. Um, it's just people talking about their feelings and their thoughts and yada, yada, yada. And I was like, yeah, but this way I can, control the narrative a little bit more and then I'm like well what am I what are my strengths I was like one-on-one is really great um so and then I was like well people are doing zoom meetings now anyway so we can record them and I can have conversations with these um these people and then I really um wanted to focus on women uh because um first we're we make up like a like 40 percent of the population of like people in re- um of, of cooks and like chefs in restaurants um and nobody were we're barely ever seen definitely not heard um and if we are it's very few in our far be- between it's definitely don't get me wrong i'm not diminishing all of the you know established and what and cooks um and and chefs that are out there right now especially winning James Beard Awards like I'm, I'm that's not what I'm doing but I am saying that it took a very long time for people to even know their names you know what I mean um so I wanted to create a space that was beneficial to the type of like environment that um that I would hope to build and create and be in you know as opposed to the space that I'm usually already in um, and that means more women, you know what I mean? So I wanted to create a, um, a voice for people that are normally not silenced, but not necessarily like acknowledged or like embraced to be heard. Um, and I, I love women. <laughs> I think they're great. I think they're amazing. I think, you know, who run the world. Um, and um, it was also, uh, and, and another reason is because I wanted to, I wanted to talk to my friends again. <laughs> um, and it's also another, re- I mean, like I said, there are many reasons, but another reason is I would be hanging out with these fantastic women that were bosses that were really really talented and good at their jobs and um people were you know paying attention but at the same time they weren't really like um um or maybe I'm just speaking from my perspective y'all I'm not I'm not speaking for these ladies but I did want to tell um the stories of these women that are that are just normal human beings they're just normal um women that just love what they do um, and they just love taking care of people. 
Um, they just loved being in the hospitality industry. You know what I mean? Like they just, they love surrounding themselves with good, um, good care and good food and, um, a, a fun environment. And, um, they were, they, they were just great at what they did. Right. Um, and I was, like I said, I was hearing their stories and anytime I would talk to anybody else, I was like, oh, yo, let me tell you about my friend that's doing this. Or let me tell you about my friend that's doing that. Or, oh my God, they're so amazing because, and I was just like, you know what? Let's just all tie this up, all of that shit up into a cool, um, <laughs> streamlined fucking place. And that's how Hungry and Humble was born. <laughs> um, and I'm actually very, like, um, excited and um, blessed about the response that I've gotten from you, you guys and um, others that I didn't even thought liked me or let alone, like, gave a shit about what I had to say. <laughs> so if you're still here, thank you so much. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, that's how Hungry and Humble was was born and will continue to grow, hopefully. I mean, um um, it started off as like a pet project and it's escalated into a little bit more than that. So I'm really proud of the work that has been done and has been said. And I appreciate every single person that's taken the time to come on the show and also listen to this show and, um, be vulnerable and, um, generous with their hearts and their thoughts about their situations. Um, uh, because, um, truthfully, you know, people, they didn't have to do that. And also like, you know, like, um, I think it's important for people to feel like they can be able to express themselves freely because, I mean, being black and a woman, like, that shit is already hard enough. <laughs> it's hard enough to feel like your voice isn't heard um, or doesn't want to be heard and is continued to be oppressed and silenced. But I don't know. This was just a beautiful, like, catalyst for me to, like, say whatever the fuck I want to because it's my show. Um, and also give a, give a way for other women to um, have that expression – if they choose to be too. So, um, yeah, that's, that's why I did it. <laughs> Is that a good enough answer? I don't know. Another question I was asked and probably going to be the last one to wrap this bad boy up, um, is what do I love the most about this industry that I've been talking about and based an entire podcast about? Um, and, um, I think not necessarily what I love most. So I guess I'll just list things that I do love about it because <laughs> that's a little bit of less pressure, but I appreciate the community. Um, I love that it brings so many people from different walks of life and different understandings and perspectives and cultures of this world. And it unifies them. Food is so universal it is probably the most universal thing and then it's music um and sound um and then you know go down the totem pole but um everybody's gotta eat um whether or not they want to or not but like you need sustenance to like live <laughs> um and then it's also a way to like i said community it, 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 it in the broader sense of the world of just like connecting people and bringing all of these people together together for gathering um and then it's also a way for to connect through the food but with the food as well um 
and unifying everybody together for one purpose. Um, and I also love community in the sense of that word of um, um, establishing a bond um, and a team and a unit um, of people. And when I say that, I mean like um, folks that have really established that they their love for this craft you know what I mean and I can only say that from my position of being a chef and working with people that are I mean you know you always get folks that you know they you they get weeded out um in the process and they realize that they're not in this the same way that the people around them are but when you are lucky and you are blessed as I have um whereas you know the majority of the folks that you have um chosen to be around and you've been um um, the opportunity has presented itself. It's like, man, it's really, really nice to be in the company of like minds um, and people that are dedicated to the same purpose and um, want to achieve the same goals. You know what I mean? And most hopefully in the same way, <laughs> you know, if you have a good enough, strong enough and competent leader. In it. Um, uh, but for the most part, everybody want to be here. Everybody want to want to cook food you know, and everybody want to just have a good time and have some fun. You know, I feel like a lot of that gets lost in translation because, um, of just work ethics. And, um, I think that's kind of a problem, um, with, you know, um, the, the, the mentality of our industry of just like, you have to work until you're dead. Um, which is thankfully, um, changed exponentially over the years, especially regarding mental health and, um, toxic workplace environments and stuff and obviously we're still working on that but I digress um it's just about um everybody coming and wanting to um make the wheels turn you know everybody having a team and hey can I help you with that hey can I can I um can I be there for you when people ask you or tell and ask you for help or tell you that they want to help you or automatically just do it, it's oh man, it's just a fucking great feeling because you're like, wow, I am not in this alone. And no matter what, how many times you do think about that, because you do, no matter like you have anybody that has worked in this restaurant or the hospitality industry long enough has definitely singled themselves out and has come across that thought of like, I am in this alone. It's all by myself. I'm in the weeds. I'm crashing and burning and dying. Um, <laughs> um, they, they, when somebody tells you like, Hey, I'm going to help you with it. It's, it's a, it's a beautiful feeling. And, and, and acknowledging that you are not alone um I think that's a I think that's an undeniable feeling and I love that like I had I had very <laughs> sorry for stuttering y'all I have many meanings of the word community but I, I really do appreciate that part of our industry I also love the uh the beauty of it all I love that Food can be art um, and is art. And I love that chefs and, and you know, everybody that's around it and is involved with the entire process of it are, are a part of that art, too. I love because, you know, I love I love working with colors and textures and stuff. Like I told you all, like I painted as a kid and I paint as an adult now. Um, I love that y we can... <laughs> we and we're also scientists too um 
sorry, I am y- yammering on. I am so sorry, y'all. I'm going to wrap this up. I promise. Um, I love that chefs can be presented as artists. I love that we can put something on a plate and have a vision and have all of these textures and colors and flavors and put it all into one singular vision and then serve it and it looks so good and so pretty and so cared for and so thoughtful. I love that food can be thoughtful because it is. Um, and it, it, it's noticeable. I've, I've said this before, but you can look at that plate and notice and taste that somebody has thought about the way that it is supposed to taste and make you feel. And they hope that their message comes across in a clear and amazing and beautiful way. I love the beauty that is involved with the entire craft, uh, with with the idea of cooking. Um I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes cooking is just like, you know, and don't get me wrong. This is I'm not just like talking about like fine dining because that's my bread and butter, y'all. Like that's what I've you know, that's what I've established myself in my professional setting. I love a mean cheeseburger. You know what I mean? Like a sloppy, slutty, like fucking dripping (laughs) goddamn burger or burrito for that matter. You know what I mean? Like um, food doesn't have to be all, you know, like you know described as the way I've been describing it could just be a simple a simple taco you know um but it's still beautiful because of the way that it makes you feel and sometimes by the way that it looks and I love that there's so many juxtapositions and um and different ways that food can be presented in this world um and ironically it's mostly just for substance (laughs) Or like sustenance, I'm sorry. Um, and um, I love that it can be both. I do. Um, and and to, to piggyback on what I just said, I also love the fact that like food can be a million different things. Um, it can be like the best meal of your life can be, which was mine, y'all, the best El Pastor I've ever had. Thank you, Jose Contreras. Shout out to taking me to a, um, a gas station parking lot in the middle of East L.A., which does not sound good, y'all. But anybody, you know, from L.A. that knows shit about tacos will tell you right fucking now that I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, and it's out of a taco truck. And it was the best fucking El Pastor in my life where you can't hear what the guy is saying on the speakerphone. He's speaking like subway spanish and i say that because it's a mixture of what you would hear on a new york subway station but it was in spanish <laughs> so it was just like like I'm, I'm not even gonna try and imitate it but it was so incoherent but anybody that speaks spanish like fluently like grew up around that shit and has like a really good ear can understand and i'm i thank god for jose for understanding <laughs> and being able to order me some tacos because oh my god i would have missed out so I love that that was one of the best meals of my life, but it was also like a seven course tasting meal at Gracie's in the middle of Providence, Rhode Island, or um, the Amberjack, the, the, the corn crusted Amberjack at Fig restaurant with the, uh, with the capers and brown butter and their, their pot puree. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it could be, it could be anything or like, oh man, the best ice cream of my life, dude, was like in Newport, <laughs> Rhode Island was an awful, awful ice cream uh, milkshake. Oh man, that shit was so good. Oh my gosh. Or actually I, I take that back. Um, by right, 
here in San Francisco, California, the best ice cream I've ever had, or like my favorite, is their black sesame ice cream, which tastes like peanut butter because of the nuttiness of the sesame. Uh, but it's not. I mean, you're like, Candace, that sounds really gross. It's not. It's delicious. But anyway, I'm going on a tyrant. But or uh, uh, I'm going on a rant here. But I, I just wanted to say that I just love the way that um, food can make you feel. Um, and I love that I'm a part of an industry that is um, associated with that. And also um, just the fact that, like, we can use it as a way to connect with people. Because um, I love that a, that a, an, a meal can change somebody's mood, you know. I love that if somebody's having a shit day, they, we can, they can sit down at the bar and we can feed them. Or they can have a mean fucking um 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 pot of dumplings you know what I mean and it would just feed their soul (laughs) and I'm a big fucking believer in feeding people's souls so I just love it I I (laughs) I hope that it also answers um that question of why I love the hospitality industry and how um don't get me wrong every industry is incredibly flawed in uh, many ways um and you know we're we are not we are far from perfect but i do love the um constant care and um strive to take care of others for the sake of taking care of them i think that's a a wonderful concept um we just want to make people feel good and um that is through food and a good time and good drinks and great atmosphere um and yeah I just I I think I think (laughs) I think it's wonderful so um that pretty much wraps up my episode y'all I appreciate you for sticking around this long I know it was long I didn't expect to talk this long but at the same time I mean if y'all know me personally like who are we fucking kidding (laughs) so um uh, thank you so much. Um, th- I appreciate every single one of y'all for taking the time to listen and um, uh, think about things. And I hope you learned something new about me um, that you didn't already know or it clarified or glorified something that you were like, huh, okay, cool. Um, all right. I love y'all. Um, and cool. This is me signing off. Uh, thanks again for coming out and listening to this week's episode. Uh, please follow my social media at Hungry Humble Pod on Twitter and Instagram for future episodes and notifications. You can also rate and review on Apple Podcasts or send feedback to HungryHumblePod at gmail.com if you're really feeling up for it. Um, all of this information will be down below in the description box.